Well, you only live once, maybe not And this life right now might be all we've got So let's contemplate the hereafter While we speculate with some laughter About this grim thing that happens to us all After that final curtain call But before you take that final breath Let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and it is a nice sunny day today, middle of June. I think, is this the first day of summer? It's the 21st is when I'm recording this. It's coming out tomorrow, but I don't know. I can never, you know, I can't keep those straight. Like the first day of spring, the first day, I just know what happens in June. And the other one happens in March. The other one happens in, what is it, September and then December or something. So quarterly. This is a quarterly seasonal checkup. So we'll just chalk it up like that. But anyway, I know it's sometime now. It was kind of cool. I was driving west. Well, I was riding because of the seizures. I just do more riding nowadays. But I was riding west with my wife. We were heading towards the mountains and there's snow. And I sit there and think about that. It's like, you know, it's almost like you could go up in the mountains and get a little escape from whatever season you're in. Unless, of course, it's wintertime down on the, you know, regular level, then you're pretty much screwed either way. But if you wanted to say, you know what, it's the middle of, of summer, and I want to go experience winter for a weekend, you could. I don't know how hard it would be to get up there, but it's just kind of cool to think about that. You know, we've got those options where, well, in Denver at least, where you could just say, yeah, I, I, I want to have a taste of winter. And that's one of the things that I like about being out here in Denver is when we do have winter storms, within a week or so, we're back to 60 degrees a lot of times. And so we get a little taste, but it doesn't linger because winter is probably my least favorite of the seasons. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna just say out here, and if you want to write in the comments your favorite season, mine, of course, which most people are, it's almost cliche. It's It's autumn or fall or whatever you want to call it. Followed probably by spring, then summer, then winter. Because I am the kind of person where I would rather be cold than hot. And I don't just say that when it's, you know, hot outside. I say that in the middle of winter. It could be blistering, freezing. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have this in summer. So at least I stick to my guns on that. But I'm still not much of an outdoorsy type. So it's easy for me to say that. But anyway, I, um, yeah, I've... Uh, just kind of getting into the swing of things with the whole COVID thing. It's been about three months now. I don't want to say the new normal, but the adjusted lifestyle, we'll call it that. Because I've noticed something. There's a lot of bad names for things that are coming out that really don't mean what people think they mean on the surface. You know, things like global warming or defund the police, you know, they really should call it reallocation of funding of the police or climate change. But once you let that cat out of the bag, people just go, well, you know, it's not getting any warmer. So, uh, bleh, you know, whatever. So I, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, the whole COVID thing, I, it's, it's an adjustment. You know, we went shopping today and there's just an adjustment. So in fact, my guest today is Kevin Rose. And that's one of the things we get into. We kind of discuss the whole COVID thing. It's a back and forth. And granted, this was back in May when we recorded this. 
but he brought up some good arguments. And um, I'm still someone who wears a mask, but it was definitely interesting to hear his side of things. And I'm very much open to both sides. I don't sit there and just go, you know, it's my way or not. I like to I like to hear both sides of the story. I like to hear people's opinions because oftentimes it's just a matter of you don't listen to them. So you just automatically assume they're wrong. But if you think about it, every 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 story has two sides. And so and one of the things that we do bring up in there is we don't really know what's going on with this. In fact, we've got new developments all the time with this virus. And it's scary because right when you think, you know, we've got it down, then all of a sudden something changes. And um, so we kind of get into that. And I'm going to warn you, that's kind of one of the running themes through a lot of the episodes right now. But it's a hot topic. You know, it's it's one of those things that that everybody's talking about that. And of course, you know, the developments that have been happening in the recent weeks when, you know, as of when this episode airs with all the Black Lives Matter movement, those two things are, you know, that's the one two punch of what's going on with our with our whole society. And I, you know, the Black Lives Matter, of course, I believe is a good thing. We need to start addressing those issues that are just way overdue. And the COVID is kind of like the left hook that I hope is going to wake us up in other ways. So, you know, it's just one of those things where we've got to learn to get along. We've got to learn to just be civil with each other. And I'm hoping that that's what these do. So anyway, back to my guest today. Kevin Rose is a pretty, pretty incredible guy. He uh, He's a manual therapist and he's been doing that for 25 years. But over the last 10 years, he's gotten involved in a program where they take rehabilitated animals, uh, like a rescue center for animals, large animals, and um, uses them to help veterans with basically PTSD. And it is <laughs> it is freaking incredible. In fact, he did. A, there's a segment in here where we kind of did the process on me. And of course, a, a mild case. Um, I guess the best thing I could have done was hold my cat in my lap. But I, uh, I go through the process with him and he just shows me just a taste of it. And it gives you that idea of how this whole program works. And I definitely recommend checking out the website. It's pretty, it's just pretty cool. But uh, I'll put all the notes and everything in the description. But I would absolutely listen to this and think of different ways that you can kind of ground yourself. And that's, that's what he kind of does with the with the animals is uses them to basically instinctually cause a fight or flight and then helps people work with that so yeah there's there's some really cool tips and tricks in this one that uh, i use myself when i get a little anxious and worked up so anyway here's my episode with kevin rose and uh enjoy I'm doing well. Good, good, good. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I've been a manual therapist for about 25 years, which means I work with my hands, um, helping people uh, recover from injury, sickness, things like that. So uh, I've done that for about 25 years. For the past 10 years, I've uh, created a program uh, that I work with combat veterans, free to combat veterans. It's called the Catalyst, 
And it is a human-animal interaction experience where I help people go from feeling totally stressed out to absolutely calm in just seconds. Wow. The kick, okay. the, yeah, the kicker is I do it by bringing them face-to-face with tigers. <laughs> tigers? Okay. Tigers. I got to hear yeah, more about this. That's that's. Right I on. did not expect that. I was thinking, you know, if anything, a llama or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, okay. we've got some uh, emus. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they join in every now and then. Yeah. So, uh, so how does that work? How do you like bring them? I mean, I'd be scared shitless, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, well, the the uh, the animals they live at a rescue animal sanctuary. I've been working with a place called the Care Foundation for about ten years. Uh, they rescue animals from adverse situations and give them for uh, forever homes. Nice. So I set the program up about 10 years ago. Um, it started 20 years ago, right after 9-11. Uh, got the direction to create a program uh, for the uh, military, for combat veterans coming home to help them reintegrate. And um, so 10 years later, I was I found a place to work here in Central Florida uh animal sanctuary approached the owner after uh volunteering there for a month or so told her my plan and it turns out her father was a uh uh, vietnam veteran and he committed suicide as a result of ptsd so it was uh you know one step led to another led to another and so yeah that's what we do i offer it free to combat veterans and i'm also open open to the public uh but the concentration for me is to uh, provide it as a service and uh, help people come home with more ease. That's awesome. That so you do, do you work with um, like recent combat vets or do you work with people who are suffering from long term PTSD? Like say someone who was in um, you know Iraq or whatever back in two thousand three, that kind of thing. Or or how does that work? There's no limit. If they're a combat vet, they're a combat vet. I've had. Um, Plenty of Vietnam veterans come through the program. Wow, okay. Uh, Iraq veterans, uh, even had a Korean veteran who came through. Holy so, cow, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. that's 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 the thing about war. It doesn't ease up on its uh, intensity uh, it, when they come home, for sure. So Totally, totally. A lot of people, I think, uh, and I'm, I've, oddly enough, I've got uncles who just missed World War II and were too old for Korea. Um, I've got brothers who were in the military, but, you know, they got out by the end of like, I don't know, the late eighties or something like that. And they were stationed over in Germany and that. Um, but, uh, I don't know, or I don't have anybody in my family that has seen war face to face. Uh, my sister had a, an ex-husband who was in Vietnam and he, and, and I do remember him. He did not like to talk about it. And anybody that I talked to, they really were hesitant to talk about it. So, you know, a lot of people think that, you get home and it's over. And, and I, and I know that that's not the case. So that's awesome that you're doing something like this. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rough road for a lot of men and women, both. You yeah. Know totally. I mean? uh, when you, you're, there's something called the fight, flight or freeze response. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Basically, you know, like when you have a car accident, that, that jar, and then your heart races and, um, you know, your breathing gets heavy and, and what happens is when you're exposed to, to intensity over and over and over, uh, that fight, flight or freeze response basically gets stuck. 
on full throttle. And so you think about then coming home, quiet actually becomes the enemy uh, because your mind just is still on that amped up level. So it's uh, it's something that I've been grateful that uh, to have the opportunity to do. And um, yeah, so it's been it's been a, a great program to have for sure. Yeah, that's in fact, if I'm not mistaken, there have been songs. Um, my memory eludes me. I, I want to say it's it's uh, uh, the one um, uh, by Allison Chains Rooster kind of touches on that where it's like I don't think it's even that song. I think but I, I remember songs that they kind of describe the fact that you are always stuck in that mode. Um when coming back. And, and that makes sense. I mean, if it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that looking at it like a car, for example, if you've got a car that you've gotten fifth gear all the time, when you're just going to the grocery store, it's going to get locked in. It's going to run like crap, but it's going to want to, you know, it's just not going to run properly. And so it's like, imagine being in, or I can only imagine being in fifth gear for months and years. And, you know, it's just, that's, that's gotta be something that's hard to, you know, let go of so um yeah i mean our, our bodies are we're mechanisms yeah right? totally and there were energetic beings and so it requires energy to run yeah and so if you've got some part of your body that is running on full tilt all the time it's gonna drain all the energy that could be used for health for you know just peace of mind Everything is being drained to accommodate, you know, this fight, flight, or freeze response. And so, you know, not only is it is it um, mentally draining, but eventually it takes a toll on the physical. That's just that's the way our mechanisms are set up. One always affects the other. So, you know, it's not just a personal um, challenge that these men and women have. It's a, you know, it's a, obviously can be a strain on families. But if you look at it from from a physical standpoint, which we have to as a nation, um, how much money is being spent to accommodate um, this high intensity? You know what I mean? I mean, how much even though, of course, the men and women need to be taken care of when they get home. But how much money is being spent to just accommodate it with pharmaceuticals, you know, and and just make it and just make it kind of smooth over the surface. So it's a you know, it's a question on a whole lot of levels. Um, And it's just something that I found that really turns that fight, flight or freeze down um, quickly. And it's something that empowers the person to do it themselves. So now they actually can do something about it. And because it's such a basic response, what I'm teaching is such a basic thing, the body adapts it really quickly. And so it works really quickly. Now, is this something that they can adapt? You, you mentioned that, it, that they, they learn it and everything. Can they use it like as a, they feel the triggers kicking in that would normally cause them to have issues. Can they refer to these uh, muscle memories, so to speak, that they can use then in, in when they're outside of, of your animal sanctuary in that? Absolutely. Um, working with the tigers and the other animals, that's the novel approach, right? I mean, it just, oh, yeah. it's very cool to see, uh, to see how your, um, how your being affects the environment. So if you come in, you're angry, you're sad, you're uh, whatever, the animal will literally mirror 
what you're feeling. And so I teach this really simple process. It's a grounding process, getting you back in your body. And when they do that, they can then see the animals settle down as well. So it's like a biofeedback. Um, uh, but it's done with tigers, which is even cooler in yeah. my opinion. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, and, so. and I guess, you know, well, the thing is, is, is when you're looking at a, you know, a 600 pound tiger, it's not like you're looking at a, you know, a, a, a 15 pound chihuahua or something like that. You know, you're looking right. at a, a very intimidating animal. And so it's amplified because I know cats and dogs and, and, and things like that will mimic your mood. They'll, you know, right. they'll, they'll, they'll sense it. They can sense it. Um, so it's almost as if you're, you're taking that concept and blowing it up on a, on a large screen TV for them to see. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, what happens is, I don't know if you've ever been close to a tiger, but they are massive animals. And so the reason that I use, started using alpha predators uh, like tigers was because when you're close to them, it literally elicits that fight flight or freeze response oh, i'm sure but in a but in a safe way um because they can be excited and still have that same dynamic the fight flight or freeze it still feels the same as fear and so it elicits that response and in doing so i can teach them this technique um right then and there and yes they learn to turn it down from those cues Back to your original question, I just want to touch on this briefly. Mm -hmm. Our body is constantly giving us biological cues. So uh, when you're hungry, what do you do? You eat. Yeah. When you're thirsty, you drink. When you're tired, you sleep. And so fatigue, hunger, and thirst are biological cues. And so we don't freak out about it. We just go eat something, drink something, or, or go to sleep, or at least lay down and rest. And you know we don't think about it. But when we get stressed, and in pain, we immediately shoot up into our heads and begin trying to figure out a way out of it. When in reality, our body is just asking us to come fully back inside and be fully present. And then when it does that, it satiates the stress. So if I don't eat, my body will increase the hunger pains until I eat. It's telling me eat or fall out, one of the two, right? Mm -hmm. And if I get stressed, what my body is absolutely calling for me to do is come fully present in my body, not just in my mind. So when I do that, the body doesn't have to keep sending the stress signals and the pain signals. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's instead of having food to satisfy it, it's it's the um mechanism of the body that's satisfying that same urge i mean with with when you're hungry you get food you stop that the only thing that that fight flight has to rely on is your own physicality right and yeah. you know you don't just eat drink and sleep one time in life and then you're done right? <laughs> exactly I mean, yeah so anytime they're stressed because i teach this simple technique and they take it with them they learn those cues oh look i can feel it raising up let me wiggle my toes. Let me um, tune into all my senses. And what I was going to do, what I like to do, Tim, if, if you're willing, yeah. is just teach you this technique. Would I'd you love be willing it. To, I would okay, be totally great. willing, yeah. Excellent. So let me ask you, do you have something to drink in front of you? Do you have a, 
I do, as a matter of fact. I've got <clears throat> just a glass of water here. So Okay, perfect. So what I'm going to have you do is I want you to feel the chair you're sitting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to wiggle your toes a little bit. When you wiggle your toes, it brings your awareness all the way down through your body. Now, as you're sitting there, what I'd like you to do is think of something stressful. Okay. You have it? Got it. It's, okay. It's, uh, as, the stressful thing is me talking to this guy on a podcast. Uh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy this dude, it. This dude that I got to do something with. On these other <laughs> things here, right? It's stressing me out. <laughs> no, but, um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got something in my head. Okay. Okay. So as you're thinking about it, what I'd like you to do is just continue rolling around it in your mind, but notice where in your body does it translate? Where do you begin to feel that stress? Like right now, do you feel it in your shoulders, your stomach, your chest? What do you notice happening? Yeah, as you're about it. my back is kind of uh, stressing up, and oddly, my foot started. I, I suffer okay. from cramps every once in a while, but my foot started okay. cramping. Right on. Okay, so zero out of ten, zero being not stressful at all. Ten is excruciating stressful. Where would you say it is on that on that um, continuum right now? Zero out of ten. I would say it's probably it's something that plagues me a lot. Um, yep. In this moment. And in this moment, I would say it's probably about an eight. Okay. So pick up the glass of water. Okay. Hold hold the glass in your hand. Okay. And I want you to bring your awareness down to your fingers. Notice the texture of the glass. Notice the temperature of the glass. And as you're holding it, lift it up. Take a drink. And as you take a drink, I want you to listen to the sound of, uh, of the fluid going down your throat. Taste the taste. Smell. And then bring your awareness back down to your fingers. Okay. Now, zero out of 10, measure that level again. Yeah, it's gone down. It's uh, maybe what would you say? Four. All right. So, how long did that take us? 20 seconds? If that, yeah. Yeah. So, in 20 seconds, you literally dropped your stress level by 50%. And this is the first time you've ever done this. Yeah. Right? So what happens is when you bring all your awareness down inside your body, when you use your senses to bring you right into the present moment, it doesn't distract you from the stress. The stress actually distracts you from being in your body and brings you up in your mind trying to figure it out. So when you use that cue... Say it's that cramp. When you use that cue, you come down into your body, wiggle your toes, use all your senses all at once, and that says to your body, okay, here I am. So that satiates that fight, flight, or freeze response. Interesting. Now, if you can do it and get 50% reduction the first time you ever do it, imagine if just throughout the day, if you're in your car, you're holding your steering wheel, smelling the smell, tasting the taste, seeing the colors in front of you, listening to the sounds. If you're constantly engaging this little technique, what happens is when you get in stressful situations, your body is already adapted. As you said, muscle memory, your, your body is already adapted to this and it will call on it really quickly. That's wild. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. There's a, the homeostatic mechanism in the body. And basically what that is is a mechanism that finds balance. And so anytime you're taught something that will help the whole, 
your body will adapt it really, really quickly. And this is one of those things. It I, probably because the body wants to stay balanced. And so it's going to try to remember that and utilize that as a answer, just like food. Yeah, man. It's trying to, your, our bodies are, are incredible mechanisms, man. They're trying to keep us on the planet. They're trying <laughs> their best, right? Yeah. <laughs> as much as we beat them up, they oh, still yeah. try to keep things balanced. So it's, it's a really simple technique, uh, but I've been using it. My grandmother taught me it when I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. And I've been using it ever since. Now, I didn't know what I was doing for many, many years with it until it came time that I began developing this program. And I was like, oh, that's what she was teaching. Yeah, well, and, and a lot of times, you know, people tell you to just stop and breathe. But yeah, that I mean, that helps. But it's still one of those things where. I think having the tangible thing to almost change your minds, you know, your focus on to yes. is what, is what it, you know, gets better results. Yes. It brings you into the present moment because think about it. Anything you're worried about or anything you're scared of is not here right now. True. It's, it's a, it's a scenario that you've created for the future or some past memory that you're trying to rehash and put it in a box so you can put it on the shelf and be done with it. You know, very little of the things that we're dealing with in life are in this moment. It's always about something else. So when you yeah, bring no it back to this moment, then it changes, it changes your state that quickly. You know, and that's, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I, myself, I've been in several car accidents, uh, Oddly enough, none of them were my fault, and I'm not just saying that, but it's just, you know, victim of circumstance kind of thing. And every time I get – I don't get upset. I don't get mad. My car could be totaled, and I don't get mad. I don't – you know, I don't uh, – uh, uh, I think quickly. I'm able to talk. I've actually joked with people who have rear-ended me and totaled my car. You know, that I'm that kind of a person right. when it comes to those situations. Right. But it's little things that would just piss me off. In yeah. other words, a remote control that doesn't work. I get mad about yeah. that, you know, and it's like, yeah. how do you use it in that kind of a situation? Well, it's not even the remote control that's pissing you off, really. It's what happened three hours earlier that has led you into this state that now you're picking up the remote control and it won't work. And it, that throws you over the edge, right? It's, that makes sense. It's, okay. It's Yeah, it's those little things that cascade all day long. And, and that's, that's human, right? We all, we all totally. do that. And look, I'm still the king of temper tantrums, right? But, <laughs> but at the same time, in the back of my mind, there's this thought saying, you know, you have another option here. Yeah. Right. And sometimes I choose it. Sometimes I don't. And that's also part of being human. But I can tell you that, that it makes all the difference in the world um, just having that option, yeah, uh, because everything is based on intention, you know. So if my intention is to be at peace, that's where I'm going to go. That makes sense. That makes sense. What? Well, how do you handle people who? I mean, let's be honest. There are people who just genuinely, almost seem like they want to be mad all the time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And how do you how do you handle those kinds of people when they come in and and you know, is it, is it a facade? Is it a, you know, a protective barrier where it's like, I'm an asshole. I know nobody likes me. I don't give a shit, you know, that kind of a thing. It's like, how do you break through to people like that? Um, I don't try to break through, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All I do is offer. Okay. So 
here's there's something called there's a physics phenomenon called resonance are you familiar with that no i'm not actually so okay, let me tell you just really quickly resonance basically the the phenomenon of resonance is when two objects are attuned to the same frequency if one object if one object oscillates or moves if the other object is in the same proximity proximity it will move as well so here's an example you can have two acoustic guitars if they're tuned to the same if they're tuned the same way you can pluck the string on one of the guitars if the other guitar it can even be across the room is in the same room it will begin resonating that same that same note wow so if I pluck an E string, a guitar, acoustic guitar in the corner will begin making that same tone. That's called resonance. Okay, they that actually, makes sense. They, they actually tune uh, attune metal in airplanes to a different frequency than the engines. Because if they don't, the airplane will shake apart in air. <laughs> right? Wow. So okay, yeah. Resonance, resonance is a physics phenomenon. So what I'm telling you right here is not woo-woo. It's absolute science. It, it totally, yeah. So if I can ground myself and I can stay grounded when I'm with someone that is like that, what happens is I'm offering out this resonance of grounding and peace. Now, every human being we're different shapes, sizes, colors, whatever, but we've, we're all built the same way. We mm -hmm. all have the same functions. We all have the same everything. And so everyone has the ability to resonate at this peaceful frequency. So if I'm grounded and I'm resonating that, the other person will pick up on that immediately. And so I don't have to try to do anything. I just stay grounded. And okay. I walk people through the process, and eventually, because it's more comfortable to be at peace than it is to be pissed off, yeah, um, they'll they'll eventually come there. Now they may not stay there, right? Uh, just like I don't stay there. Um, but what what occurs is they're given a tool, and and that's my job. It, my job is to offer this tool, and and that's it. Yeah. Well, and and again, it it comes to, you know. It, what, what's the old saying, uh, uh, you know, help those who help themselves kind of thing. It's almost like if they're not willing, there's only so much you can do anyway. Yeah, and absolutely. You, and yeah. It, it's not, it's not my, it's not my job, um, to care if they change or not. Right. Totally, my yeah. job. Yeah. My job is just to offer this information, to offer this technique. Look, here's some, here's a gift that was given to me. Now I want to give it to you, whatever you do with it, totally up to you. Totally. But I can tell you right now, um, I've become friends with a lot of the vets that have gone through the program and I can see a difference in their Facebook posts pre and post, um, uh, program. That's so okay. it, it's, it's, there's a dynamic there that shifts and, um, you know, it's not about changing who they are. It's just about taking the edge off. Um, the military trains people to be in that high state of alert. They have to. It saves lives. It's totally, yeah. But the problem is they suck at teaching how to turn it down. They just don't, right? And you know, so yeah, that's what I do. You would think that the military would offer some kind of uh, – well, I mean I have heard that there are programs where it's reacclimating into society or something. But it's 
it's a couple weeks. And let's be honest, you're surrounded by other people who are in the same situation as you, resonating at that yep. same frequency. Yeah. You know? And, you know, listen, a lot more programs have come about in the years, in the recent years, and it's great to see. Um, oh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not dogging anybody. No. But what, I'm just reporting what I see and what I hear. You know what I mean? So um, that's why I do what I do, because I think if we're going to send people to risk their lives, if, if we're literally as a country going to send people to go die somewhere, we damn sure better be ready to bring them home. You got Safely it. and exactly. secure. Well, and yeah. I'm, I'm of the mindset where our vets, you know, the ones, uh, uh, whether they saw action or not, they were willing to see action. They Absolutely. should be given, you know, I think it should be no, a no brainer of like, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a VA program in that, but I'm talking full life, uh, uh, health insurance, life insurance, all that kind of stuff, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, I'm with you. Yeah. That's, I mean, hell, if politicians can serve for one term and then get their pension or whatever for the rest of their lives, come on. You know? Look, man, I think, I think 54% of our, uh, of our budget as a country is spent on military. Right? Yeah. And they're not spending it on the people. No. They're not, you know, it's, it's going to contractors to build bigger planes and, and all so, the toys you know, and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think our, our priorities, uh, are, I hope they're beginning to shift a little bit. Um, but, but that's the long and short of it is, is eventually they have to shift. We have to put that, uh, focus back on people. You know, either totally. that or just start stop invading places. That, I'm I'm all good with that too. <laughs> That's right. You know, that would be an easy answer. Why don't they just yes. stop? Just stop waging war. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly that's uh, that's you know, it blows my mind how some things just that's the answer. We'll just send about. Yeah. What is the point? I mean, I remember there was a movie where uh, this might have been in the '80s, and it was a B movie or something where all the conflicts were settled by two robots that went in and fought each other. That's the same. Right. It serves the same purpose. Yeah, I mean, you know? look, let's get a game of rock and sock and robots, <laughs> yes. put it up on there, and let's let's just. That's the deciding factor. Whoever wins 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 because you it's know, yeah. if, if you got to get it out that way, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, I've never any military, any combat vet I've worked with, none of them have ever said, "Yeah, war was great." <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's I mean, now they all say. I will say that they all miss the camaraderie. Totally. Uh, because it's a brotherhood. They're protecting each other's backs, man. You know, oh, yeah. and so uh, that's what they miss. But none of them have ever said, yeah, war's awesome. That's exactly. It's 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 almost like you – I was talking with somebody uh, uh, on a previous episode, and and it's like, you know, when, when you're in the military, race and gender and all that kind of stuff is – Gender, maybe not so much because you do still still hear some horror stories, but that's lightening up. But race specifically, that is getting to be a lot more camaraderie in that regard, too. You know, it's 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 less of an issue, especially in a combat type of environment. You know? Yeah, I hope so. I that, hope so. That's, I, I've never been there personally, but me neither. Uh, I hope so for sure. That's yeah, it's uh it's just, it's one of those things. It, it, I can't get my, my mind off the visual of the rock'em sock'em robots. I, mean, robots <laughs> I, I would love to see, you know, 80 story tall robots just going at it in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> like right. Godzilla. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah. Everybody would, would tune in for that. I would totally. War could be like a, like the Super Bowl, you know, it's like, oh, this week's war is between this country and this country. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, 
So uh, 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 let me ask you this then. So here's here's the big question. You've you've sure. talked to you've talked to veterans who have seen some serious action. Um, I hate to call it action because that sounds like it's a positive thing. Who have seen some serious right. shit, you know? Right. And yeah. uh, and you, I'm I'm sure have experienced in some form or another the you know losing a loved one or somebody close to you. Um, Knowing the physics of residence and knowing, uh, uh, you know, how the body is grounded in certain ways to try and have balance and things like that. What kind of perspectives does that give you on the concept of what happens when we're gone, when we die? Yeah, it's a great question. And to be quite honest with you, I was thinking about that um, all day today. Like, what is my perspective on that? Um, <clears throat> you know. Because I think of things from an energetic standpoint mm -hmm. and because I love the scientific method, um, totally. I have to, I have to look at, you know, Einstein, um, space time continuum, time being bent, um, that energy cannot be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Think about from a physics standpoint of potential and kinetic energy. Um, I don't know quite what happens, but I know our being disappears, right? I mean, because we turn to dust. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But there's still gotta be some signature of energy. And, and I so, agree. Yes. Yeah. My thought process is we become everything. That's what I teach my daughter is, you know, when we die, we just become everything else. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the best I can describe because I don't have, I don't think there are words to describe kind of what I see in my mind. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily us floating around in the same, with the recognition of the world the same way, because I think everything would have to change, you know? Every our perspective would have to change. We're not looking through eyes, right? We're we're we're. <laughs> that, no, you're you're so totally difficult. right. It's it, yeah. no that that makes sense. It's it's it would be a case of, in some regards, it would almost be like what is a memory's perspective on time? Yeah, you know that kind of a thing where it's like you're not you're not a physical thing anymore. You might be. Uh, I, I believe there's some form of, like you said, spark that continues on. But yeah, we're yeah. we're part of, uh, you know, we're we're part of all the electrons. I mean, there's a, there's that uh, concept that I remember hearing, and it blew my mind, is the fact that you know, since molecules break down or don't break down, and uh, or I take that back, since the uh, elements don't break down, uh, they combine right. with different things. The fact that you know we're breathing the same air molecules, possibly on every breath, when you're talking quadrillions of air molecules in every breath that, that you breathe in and out, that some of those are the same ones that, you know, Cleopatra and Alexander the Great and, and all these historical figures breathed. Right. And it, it, it blows my mind. So it's like in that regard, if we don't break down on an elemental level, we're always going to be around, you know, but I always, to me, death is the big thing is, is that our, plane of existence now, whether you're talking from a quantum level of where we live now to where, what is the next thing where we keep our individuality or is it gone? That's a good question. Yeah. I personally don't think we keep our individuality because I don't think our, 
our individuality is important for us as humans. Okay. Right? It's that's my perspective is that, you know, um, I, I think my my being is important because I'm in my being thinking it's important, right? That makes sense. But in, but in reality, my being, somebody on the other side of the planet has no idea that I that I even exist. True, right? So I think it's all the it's all context. It's it's contextual in that where I am today and what I'm seeing today. I don't think it's anything like that. I mean. Again, who knows, right? I mean, nobody's come back to say anything, but but <laughs> I can tell you that there are times, especially when I was developing this program, uh, I, I mentioned that my grandmother taught me this technique when I was like 12. Mm -hmm. And there were some key times where during this program where I needed to where I needed to call on something to help and her voice was in my head. Nice. Telling me what to do. And so. It's it's not it, I, I hesitate a lot of times in saying the voice in my head or whatever, simply because, you know, you want to you want to make sure that you're not misunderstood. Yeah. But there was no mistake in that that was her directing me where to go next. Now, was that some kind of recall from some memory bank way in the back? You know, who knows? But I can tell you, it happened at a point where. I couldn't think two different points where I couldn't think of what to do next. And both were crucial situations that I needed to think of something to do next. And so just, just those experiences and I've had others, but just those to help me know that, that, that we don't just disappear. And that's, I, you know, you bring that up and, and I had a similar experience. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things, uh, and I've told people this before, but one of the things that prompted me to do this podcast is I lost three very close people to me within like four four months period of time. I lost a friend of 30 mm. years, a friend of 25 years, like two months later, and then a sibling a month after him. And it got yeah, me so thinking about that, man. Uh, No, I appreciate it. Um, you know, and I joke about him, and I, I was bad mouth my brother who died earlier today. You know, that's fun. So, <laughs> right, right. That's what, hey. this, what the podcast is about, right? Exactly. You know, <laughs> and I was talking with a, with a co-worker, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, he would appreciate it. He'd be, he'd be laughing at this crap, you know? Right. But uh, exactly. uh, anyway, um, you know, and, and, and it, it it's it's a way – just that there, I think, is a way to kind of keep almost in contact. You know, I'll talk I'll yeah. talk to them. I don't expect an answer, you know, but – um, I will, you know, I'll say things like that, but there was one moment in particular where it was the day that my friend, uh, uh, the first person in this group died and I, he was, he was pretty much an agnostic at, at one time he was an atheist. He, he, the funny thing about him is he was going to go become a priest. And then he talked wow. about how he really isn't really doesn't have faith in that, you know, but he likes the, the ceremony and all that, you know, the, but, but he was like, you know, I don't it's not that I don't believe in a God. I don't have proof of a God because it was very logically, I called him my Spock, you know? Right. And, uh, um, and the day he died, we had, we were scheduled for a concert and, and I debated on going and I was like, you know what, let's just go, let's get our, get my mind off this. And it was crazy because during, during the, uh, uh, one of the songs, I got this sense of like, almost like a, a, a feeling and, and I've, and I've battled with this from time to time and go, okay, was this some kind of thing I wanted to just tell myself with this? A, but from a person who I, I never would have expected this from, 
I could picture, and this was about eight hours after I got the news, so who knows how long he was dead. And again, time is irrelevant, but what it, you know, it, it felt like I, I called a cosmic text message where in my head all of a sudden I got this sensation from my friend James where it's like, yeah, everything's good. Everything's fine. Everybody's here. And, and he, wow. he said, everybody's here. This blows me away because, you know, I could picture him fighting it, you know, going, oh, this is all nonsense. This is all bullshit. And again, do I, am I convinced that it was definitely him? No. Am I, am I, you know, theorizing that maybe it was just myself, you know, playing a mental placebo and making myself feel better about him still being existing? Possibly. But again, it really changed my perspective. And I was just like, and I felt a lot easier. You know, I just, I went from feeling like shit to just, I'm fine in a matter of moments, you know? So, I mean, is that proof? So let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. You said earlier, I talked to them, but I don't expect an answer. (laughs) What, what if you did begin to expect an answer? You know, that's always the question I have. What what exactly can our intention create? Yeah. Right. Are we able to receive things that that would seem to be insane only by changing our mindset? That's an interesting point. Yeah. I mean, if you expect it, if you're not expecting it and you hear it, you start questioning your sanity. But if you're expecting it right. and it happens, yeah, that's a very uh that's a very interesting perspective and twist on the whole concept. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it is it 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 is an interesting <clears throat> concept. There's no doubt. And you know what's here's here's a good one for you, Tim. Uh, <laughs> this one made me this one made me chuckle today. So I, the last three podcasts I've done mm-hmm. were coffee over suicide. That's my buddy Chris. <laughs> Hellbound with halos. Okay. And now let's laugh about. <laughs> So I take my cues from the universe. So I'm kind of like, I was thinking today, I was like, uh, I'm hoping this isn't a cue right away. I mean, (laughs) and I uh, I've got a podcast that uh, I was thinking about seeing if you'd be interested in called foot in the grave. Um, (laughs) Let's just keep going. (laughs) Maybe the answers will come. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting concept, though, too, of, of you know, what if we do expect answers? And and what if, you know, what if that starts changing that resonance? What if those things yeah. are on the other side resonating at a certain frequency and all of a sudden you start communicating? Maybe maybe that right there is how psychics work. I don't know because I don't have those well, abilities, you know. Um, Tesla said if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of vibration, frequency, and energy. I don't know if he said them in those order. But that was his that was his thought process. And when I first read that, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's what it all comes down to. And so if you think about when this mortal coil ends and the physicality disappears, that's all that's left. Yeah. And maybe that right there is what would be a spirit is just the, the vibration. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember uh, Perhaps. I took a, a class in science. Uh, back when I was going to the community college and, and science is not my strong suit, but I am fascinated by like the quantum stuff uh, that I, that I read and watch videos on YouTube and that, but there was a, and I don't know if this is a correct term, but the, uh, uh, the, I think it was a chemistry teacher maybe taught us about a concept where 
there was you've got your protons, your electrons, your neutron or uh, 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 what is it? Protons, electrons, and uh, is it neutrons? Yeah. Okay. All I can think of is neutron dance from uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, and so, and he was saying he was like, but there's a there's a force inside there, and if I remember correctly, he called it. <clears throat> excuse me, just spin. Mm. And it was, and again, I, I, I didn't look this up to confirm this, but he made it, he made it sound. And of course he might've been pulling our legs. I don't know. But the way he made it sound was that this is a force that's in there that just kind of is, it's right. not a pro it's not positive. It's not negative. It's nothing like that. It's just kind of almost like, um, the force in star Wars, if you will, but on a, on a microscopic level. And it's just kind of there that just is almost that that empty space within the cells, that empty space within the uh, 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 the electrons and, and you know and molecules and that. And um, but it's the thing that keeps everything going. And 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 it almost makes me wonder if maybe that's something on a quantum level we haven't really tapped into to where maybe the the difference between living and and what we perceive as death is just the polarity of spin or something, you know, maybe it's a, switch. well, they have tapped into a lot of that. And that is what quantum physics is. I mean, they've gone down and down and down and quirks and they, there's all these different names. I don't even know. It's way, way deeper than, than my head travels, but I can tell you that these, these, these things that they're following, some of them, I, w- I was listening to somebody talk about it the other day. Some of them will show you the path that they're going, um, but only if someone is watching it. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's Some will fascinating. Yes, disappear and reappear in another place, but they'll sh- they'll only go. They never go the same path twice. They, I mean, it's just crazy. It's. I, I mean, it blows my mind. I love science. I'm not a great scientist. Same. I'm more of an experiential guy, right? I yeah. mean, what did I experience? And that's you know, that's really the scientific method. But um, it's it's remarkable what all is there. I I was there's a new telescope that's coming out that's going to replace the Hubble. I can't remember wow, the okay. name of it, but they actually believe that this telescope will let them look far enough back in light years to the beginning of time (laughs) (laughs) wow right right i mean it's it's insane but you know if there's that possibility and you think about you think about technology how far we've come oh yeah 20 years right i mean what's the next 20 years going to show and will we learn more about you know what's next it totally knows <clears throat> Excuse me, man. I'm congested. Anyway, um, you know, and that's that's the whole thing is is I don't think we really fully understand what is out there. Not just in terms of an extraterrestrial type of thing, but in terms of time and space and dimensions and and uh, um, you know, for all we know, we are all five-dimensional beings that are trapped in a four-dimensional world, you know, uh, 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 length, width, height, and time. Um, And the way it was described uh, in this one video is that picture time as, like, slices of bread. Or in my mind, I I think it was frames of film. And if you have 
you know, uh, and I've talked about this before, but if you have somebody who is a fifth dimensional being who has the ability to go backwards and forwards in time, or maybe they would be a sixth dimensional in that case, but backwards and forwards in time, maybe that's what we are. And we just have come back to the same spot right now. And we'll go back to our birth and then go back to our death and go to different timelines and hop timelines. And maybe, maybe that's what happens when we die. You know, well, I mean, have you ever been somewhere new and you felt totally comfortable? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what makes me think, "Mm, Maybe we do come back, you know, because I'll, I'll like we were my wife and I years ago, we went to Europe and we were in this place in Italy. It's called Vernazza. It's in this place called Cinque Terre. So it's these mm-hmm. five towns built into the built into the cliffs oh, and the those, beautiful Mediterranean. Yeah. They're just fantastic. And I felt so comfortable there. Like I felt like I was at home. Yeah. So. Yeah. How do you, you know what I mean? How do you get those feelings? It's that's the part that always makes me then question, well, are we coming back? Yeah. And, and that's, if anything, I I think maybe this, this physical existence is a roller coaster, so to speak, you know? Um, Cause yeah, I've had, I've had dreams where I dreamt of something that I didn't know was actually historically accurate. That of something that happened during World War II. And I was just like, and all of a sudden I woke up and it wasn't until years later that I found out that this thing happened. And I was like, holy shit, you know? Right. Um, right. And how many, you, you see little kids. My kid used to say crazy stuff when he was real little, you know, he would, he would talk about how he and this other girl uh, in the group, uh, you know, like my wife's uh, uh, friend's daughter, they were married in another time. You know, he was my, he was my wife's dad at one point, you know, and there's theories of, of soul groupings that keep coming back around on this ride together the same way you hop on, you know, four people in the cart at Disney world and they just ride that ride together, you know? So (laughs) here we go again, (laughs) you know? And so it's, 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 that's what the big, you know, the big question about the podcast, that's what made me start doing is it's like, no one knows that's what's so crazy. And that's, what's so cool about it is nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, and it's, it's so interesting because we're all going to get to find out. Yeah. And the sad right? truth is, is we won't know until it happens. Right. You know? Right. And so it's – and there are people who are convinced they have the answer, and I'm honestly happy for them, you know? I'm yeah. Happy I that- mean, listen, if you feel good, if you feel good about it, then then stick with it, right? Totally. Yeah. You know, and, and – uh, but, the, you know, there are other people like myself that are weirdos, and they sit and ponder this, uh, all the different possibilities that could happen, and, you know, and I, and I think of different uh, – you know, ways that it could mingle in with us, you know, and, and, and it's just right. a matter of um, which one do I choose best? And I, and they're all, they're all correct. Cause again, we don't know. Of course. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here we are. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so it's, it is what it is. That's, that's, but I think that's the, the gift and the curse of humanity, maybe, you know? Yeah. You know, I have, um, I get, we have animals that grow old and pass away and things. And, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking about um, something that happened a couple of years ago. I guess it's been a couple of years now, maybe about a year ago. Um, there was a black Asian leopard mm-hmm. um, that we had. We actually had two of them on the property. They were owned by a production company that and that's why we got them. We gave them a home. Okay. And one of the black Asian leopards was a female. Well, she was almost 
24. She died one day shy of her 24th birthday, which would have made her actually the oldest black Asian leopard in captivity. Wow. And so she was like the matriarch of the place and just, (laughs) just crotchety and grouchy, but I loved her. Right. And so (laughs) when she passed away, it was, you know, you could, I'm sure you've had pets that have oh, passed yeah. away. Oh, yeah. you know, I mean, just the, the grief process of that alone Entirely. is intense. Yeah. I mean, and so to be honest, five, part of the ahead, reason sorry. why I stopped the podcast, the podcast for as long as I did was I, I went off the rails a little bit in terms of production because I lost two cats that we'd had for 17 years within a, like two yeah. weeks of each other. And That's it was like, worst. yeah, you know, because they're family. And so yeah, of course they are. They're they're happy to see you every every time day. It's I'm home. Unconditional love. Well, the one <laughs> right. hated me forever. He hissed at me. He would go out of his way to hiss at me. But in his later years, he got to where he's very cool with me. But um, but yeah, for the most part, they're happy to see you. But um, and then it just you know it was that, and then it led to something else, and led to something else, and so then you know here it is six months later. But yeah, that was a catalyst of it. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so well, this, um, that's all right. This, uh, this black Asian leopard. So she passed away, I think it was on February the 8th. Uh, so it would have been last year. Okay. And five days later on my Google feed news feed, there comes this post and you can look it up. It's on February 13th. Um, they, some I don't know who the organization was. They had wildlife cameras in Africa, and for the first time in a hundred years, they got a picture of a black leopard. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so when things like that happen, I'm just I don't know. I can't not I can't believe that there's not something right. Else, it's you know? it's that there's too much synchronicity. That yeah. well, and and this is you know a, a, an analogy that I've used for years is the fact that you know you take you take a human, you take a gorilla, you take a cat, you take a you know uh, uh, you know you got your weird anomalies like platypuses and things like that. But for the most part, everything has you know has a brain of some form, two lungs of some form, a stomach, or you know yeah, you got your weird deviations like cows with four stomachs, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, we're carbon based. We have blood. We have, uh, you know, a lung breathing system and all that. We're basically the same machine, just in different makes and models. Right. You know, and it's just, yep. it, it's, it's kind of, um, it's kind of fascinating. So if that's, you know, if that rings true with, with the leopard, something like that happens five days later after a hundred years, you know, I mean, it, it, there's, yep. yeah, there's, there seems to be more than just a coincidence. You know, well, yeah, and it, just the fact that it popped up on my feed and, and it popped know, up I mean, on your just, feet, yeah, totally. yeah. I mean, it's just it's 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 pretty insane, but it it, it has to have some kind of dynamic um, that is real and that is true, yeah. And that's why I work with animals um, working with this program too, is because I think that nature, any lesson that we need to learn in life, nature will teach us <laughs> if we listen. It's, and it's doing it right now. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, we're getting quite a lesson. That's yeah, for sure. I just, I just hope we can take it in and and actually do something with it and survive. Other, this. other than other than be afraid. Yeah, um, totally, that, totally. That's the biggest downfall right now is the fear, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, that's but, uh, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, and I've said before, I'm not so much afraid of the virus itself. I'm afraid of the people and the reactions of the people. You know, and I'm not saying the virus isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. I know people in the medical industry. Yeah, no, industry. look, it's a, it's a nasty virus. There's oh, totally. no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, but I got to tell you, um, I've studied anatomy and physiology, um, inflammatory response, the immune system for 25 years. I mean, that's what I do. I, I study how stress affects the body. Oh, yeah. And this reaction to this virus, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and so I, I hold my tongue uh, as much as I can. Sometimes I can't. Um, <laughs> but what I know is that our immune system is the only way that we can actually move through and, and overcome um, viruses is exposure. If yeah. we're not exposed to something, we cannot learn how to fight it. And really, it all comes down, in my opinion, to the simplicity of um, wash your fucking hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I still see people coming out of public restrooms oh, not washing disgusting. their hands. And yes. It is. Yeah. It is. And that's the bottom line. I tell my daughter, I mean, my our mantra in this house has always been wash your hands and keep them away from your face. Yeah. Those two things, you do those two things. And, and again, I work with people every day and it's not just well people. And I don't knock on wood. I don't get sick very often. I think maybe a couple of times in the past 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it's because I know that hygiene <laughs> is really what keeps us on the planet. That And exactly. And I can, and there's no arguing with that. You know, yeah, and honestly, <laughs> excuse me, it makes you wonder how much of this has been spread just simply because of that simple rule. I mean, they, they've been stressing wash your hands from day one. Yeah, I you saw a, uh, there was a Chinese scientist. I don't, I don't know where I saw it. It was just a blur. He wanted to prove how quickly things spread. And so what he did was he created this banquet, this uh, buffet uh, <laughs> banquet. <laughs> And he took one guy and he painted his hands with glow-in-the-dark paint. Oh, wow. And so three hours later, he shuts off the lights and it just shows how this is everywhere and on everybody. And, uh, and it just – that's all it takes. That's it's that, totally right. Yeah, it's that quick. And here's the thing. I think that as they begin doing more testing, what's going to happen is they're going to find that it's a lot more prevalent – than we actually believe it is because 98% and I here, I'm sorry, I got to get on my soapbox for a minute, but 98% <laughs> of the current cases right now, the cases that are active right now, 98% of them are mild. Yeah. And so that makes sense. You know, yeah. I mean, look, yes, it's a nasty virus. It doesn't diminish the fact that people have died. I, I, I want to stress that, but is the reaction, are we actually dropping, making our immune system weaker by running from it? Well, you know, there's been arguments that all the hand sanitizers and things, I, I remember George Carlin even doing a bit about yeah, this, you know, um, and, and of course he was extreme about it, you know, but it, but it was still, he was proving a point. And there has been theories that that kind of stuff, you know, is making us is making our immune system weaker. So maybe it's, you know, it's something that if we hadn't gone that far, it wouldn't be as bad, so to speak. I mean, personally, I still wear the mask. 
I still do the social distancing. I still do all that because, and I've said this before as well, is I'd rather be wrong. I'd rather be made fun of in a year and be like, you were freaking paranoid. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, fine, right. you know, right. but I'm just erring on the side of caution. Um, right. But I can totally see your side of the argument because, and, and, and believe me, I, I'm, I'm not fully, you know, 100% wear the mask only because I do think there's more to the story. And I also think that they don't, again, with, with the, you know, the concept of death, I don't think they know everything that's going on with this. I mean, shit, the news changes every two days. Of course not. Of course they don't know everything, you know, but if you bring it back to the immune system and how our body works, that's what I always come back to is the simplicity of the immune system, not, not the simplicity of it, but the, the concept of the immune system, what we have to be exposed to in order to be able to survive the next mutation of this, which there will be, there will be, it's the same thing that happened with the flu. There was a mutation. Um, They've tried to create vaccines for the flu. They're two to five percent. They have a two to five percent chance of of picking the correct strain of flu for an inoculation. And yeah. so that, you know, those 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 odds are pretty low. Now, I'm not again, you know, look, if you're sick, if you're susceptible, if you have pre-existing conditions, absolutely stay in your house. Which stay I do. Safe. You Wear know? a mask. Yeah. I mean, be safe. You yeah. know, be smart. In the age of Amazon, you don't ever have to leave your house again. I, I mean, totally you really don't. Yeah. Right. So, you know, of course, be safe. And if I go somewhere where I'm around people that have diminished immune system, of course, I'm going to wear a mask. You know, uh, it's out of respect. And, and that's how I also treat sick, it, too. Yeah. If you're sick, if you're coughing, if you have a fever, stay home. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, don't come out and spread it when you're sick. And totally, it's it's that's also largely why I do it is out of respect because a it's going to protect me from other people, but it's also going to protect me, protect you from me because I don't know if I've got it. This thing lays dormant for you know shit upwards of a month. Yeah, I just that's kind of where I lose. That's that's where the argument loses me. Okay, um, that's for me. That's where the fear starts to step in. Uh, because people don't understand the immune system, they get scared. And it, I totally understand it. You know what I mean? I totally understand the fear. But if you want to not be scared, read about the immune system. Read how it works. Learn that, yes, it may be sustained. It may be. But but here's the thing. I believe it's so much more prevalent throughout all of the world already. I, I believe I that you're running from something that's already there. Yeah. And, and, and so I've read I, and, and, and I and again, I can see both sides because I've seen I've seen statements where where medical agencies have said, you know, well, if they had it in their system, we're chalking it up as a as a covid uh, uh, fatality. Yeah. And yeah. but in the same sense, I sit there and go, but why are there so many freaking people in the hospital on ventilators then? Listen, I mean, it, it becomes a whole it becomes a whole big game. If there's something called psychogenetic illness, are you familiar with that? I can, I'm, I'm not familiar with the term, but I can see where you're going. Uh, continue though, but I, I've got an idea of what you're talking about. So um, there's, here's an example. I was just reading a scientific paper about this, a peer reviewed paper where a woman in a school um, succumbed to um fumes of what she thought were fumes and she got sick now this is this has got nothing to do with the virus Mm -hmm. this was just another case study she got sick 
and like 70 of the students after her got sick <laughs> just because they were her students. Now they went in the authorities, whoever they were that I'm, I'm oh, of yeah. course paraphrasing <laughs> this paper, but they could find nothing, wow. nothing. And what ended up happening, there were like two whole communities that were shut down because everybody was getting these symptoms. Psychosomatic, essentially. Uh, basically. Okay. But it's it's called psycho... Uh, Kinetic illness? Psycho... Psychogenic Oh, genic. Illness. Genic. Psychogenic. Where the hell did I... I, I yeah. I'm taking notes, believe me. <laughs> right. Psychogenic illness. Okay. It, and I'm not saying that it's it's that's everything, but if you think about if you go back to the original talk, what we were talking about resonance. Mm -hmm. If I'm resonating yeah. fear, and okay. I'm resonating all this, what does that build? What does my microcosm do for the macrocosm? And if you've got the authorities saying we're all dying here, what's going to happen, man, to people that are scared anyway? Yeah, what happens? You know, and so, you know, of course it was nasty. And now they're finding out that a lot of the treatments with the respirators were actually probably causing some of the deaths, a, a large amount of the deaths, to be quite honest with you. Like 88% of the people on respirators in New York died. Wow. So, and, and what they're finding is I was watching a, a couple of videos of doctors. It was just the doctors making videos saying, look, the protocols on these respirators is not correct because they they couldn't um, calibrate them for correctly for each patient, and so there's a lot of things that have happened that 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 I read and I and I think about. But the bottom line is I always go back to our bodies are amazing amazing mechanisms. Yeah, and yeah. and immune system is an amazing thing. So there's my soapbox. Sorry. I, I... <laughs> no, that's fine. It's, it's well, and, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I, and I was just talking with my wife about this. Cause again, we do the social distancing. We bought some masks off of Etsy supporting a small business. I still go get takeout. I support right the small chains. You know, yep. we do a whole process where we go through and, you know, I put a mask on and I order it and they bring it out and et cetera, et cetera, you know, but again, I'm doing it with the smaller mom and pops. Cause those are the ones that are suffering right now. Um, of course. And, uh, but I tell my wife, I go, you know, if I make it through this, you know, again, here I am <laughs> talking to you and you're like, you're going to be fine. Um, <clears throat> for the most part, you know, um, but if I make it through this or I don't make it through this, I can't worry about it because then that's yeah. going to rule my whole existence right now. I'm doing a freaking yeah. podcast right now. Right. You know? So it's like, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm not going to let it rule my life. And I think if enough people do that, then maybe that resonance also can change, you know? Yes. And, I think that, and that is my point. That yeah. really is my point is, okay, yeah, it's, it's really nasty. It's really crazy, but let's just wiggle our toes. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just stay grounded and, yeah. and, and wash our hands and keep them away from our faces. I believe it was wash your fucking hands. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and I, that I th thought about making a t-shirt. I, you know, I was thinking that you should, you should, you should quote yeah. that. You should put it on there. I was like, yeah. just W Y F H and the initials right. just boom. And then what, they'll be like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, Hey, Ken or Kev, Kevin, geez, I should know that my dad was named Kevin. My brother was named Kevin or is named Kevin. And I called you Ken. So I apologize. Okay. About that. 
it's not the it's not the first or the last person that'll call me Ken. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, call me whatever. Call me whatever you want, man. You know what? It, it, we could look at it this way. Okay, so you got Kevin. We took the VI out, the IV out. Now you're not on life support anymore. So it's Ken. See, there, there you go, go, man. There you go. <laughs> anyway, quick recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Kevin, it's definitely been fun talking to you. I appreciate uh, you uh, getting back with me. And, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Um, is there anything that you would like to uh, let the, the, the listeners know about um, in terms of your organization, like maybe for donations or anything of that nature? Um, actually, we're good there. I, um, I've had uh, several really, really um, generous uh benefactors for the program nice. it's a very low uh low overhead uh program which was by design but i will say uh it's free to combat veterans uh then go to my site www.catalystrefuge.com and on that site even if you can't come through the program there's a drop down on the first on the landing page um, that gives a free pdf um, of the technique that i just shared with you tonight tim Perfect. and it's it's actually an illustrated pdf so it gives them something to refer back to so i would just encourage everyone to take a look at that and um go ahead put your name on the list you may get some follow-up emails but you can remove yourself off the list anytime you want but it gives you something it gives you a technique and i i'm doing this um again because i i'm doing it for my kid Right. I want nice. a better Not, yeah. world for my kid to grow up in. And if totally. I can help one person change their life, then it changes all of our lives. So uh, and thanks so much. I really appreciate the forum to be able to share, because if it weren't for podcasts and radio shows and TV shows, you couldn't get the message out. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful uh, for you guys for the service you do as well. Hey, I appreciate that. And again, I definitely appreciate the conversation and you coming on. So. Absolutely. Well, hey, Kevin. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> Have yourself a good night, man. All right. You too, Tim. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. Well, that's my episode with Kevin Rose. I got to say that was a very cool conversation. I uh, learned a couple things about the physics resonance with the sound waves and that. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It ties into those different frequencies of humanity in general that I have guests talk about every once in a while. Um, it all ties together. So, anyway, if you want to learn more about Kevin's organization, uh, you can check out his website. It is called the CatalystRefuge.com. That's C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T-R-E-F-U-G-E.com. And in the meantime, have yourselves a good day. Have yourselves a good life. And you know what? Just be decent. Be civil. You didn't think I'd get that website out, did you? I did. Well, actually, I didn't think I'd get it out. You know, I'm going to keep talking here for a minute because that's going to throw you off. You're not expecting that. I'm going to hear my mouse clicking in the background. I'm going to let that just roll for a second. What should I talk about? Hmm. You know what? I had some sushi today that was pretty good.